Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here in the southwest of the United States, having a great time. Hope you guys are doing good today. It is Maroon Friday. Hope you're wearing maroon today to kind of signify who you are and what you're about as the Bulldogs get ready to take on the Arizona Wildcats. We'll talk a little bit more about the matchup today. We'll preview the Southeastern Conference, and we'll have a, I don't know, a Wild Wild West version of the top ten list. I was going to knock out Stevie Ray Vaughan today. I thought we had done that. I'm going to wait and do that uh, next week. But uh, I'm on exploring. Had a good time yesterday. Ironically, you know, left on Wednesday after the show, and got west of Oklahoma City, spent the night out there at uh, Garth Brooks Boulevard, ironically, right? I mean, it had to be, right? Had a great night there. Uh, great people, for sure, there in Yukon, Oklahoma. 
and then spent the day yesterday traveling to Fort Sumner, New Mexico, where I visited the gravesite of Billy the Kid and stopped at the uh, Billy the Kid Museum and learned an awful lot. And I will tell you, after reading the wealth of information they have available at that museum, I am convinced that Billy the Kid is, in fact, buried at Fort Sumner, New Mexico. There's been a lot of a controversy over the years. If you watch Young Guns too, and if you hadn't, I would encourage you that he is buried in, in Hico, Texas. And after the information that I read yesterday, I believe that Brushy Bill Roberts was an imposter. I don't believe that he was, in fact, Billy the Kid. There have been some modern-day investigations, even done by the state police of New Mexico, that kind of lead you to believe that Billy was, in fact, shot and killed by Pat Garrett. Not exactly the way that it was depicted in Young Guns 2, but nevertheless, it does appear that Pat Garrett was a traitor to Billy the Kid that left Billy the Kid's gang and became a member of law enforcement and his, uh, his claim to fame was kind of cleaning up the Lincoln County regulators. And so I come down on the side of the regulators because they were fighting against corruption with the city and local government. But be that as it may, it was a a nice experience to be able to go do that. And uh, then I made the drive up to to Albuquerque. And today I'll uh, push into Santa Fe and go see that great city up there and kind of see what they have to offer and um, just kind of enjoying being around. And I'll make the trip down to Arizona tomorrow. And my plan is is to go to the OK Corral and go see all the tombstone stuff there, not too far from Tucson. That's the plan. You know, we'll see how things go. You know, you know, on game day sometimes the anxiety gets the better of me, but I would like to get up and get on down there and just enjoy uh, the state of Arizona and seeing some great sights of the Old West, the old cowboy history. Stuff's fascinating to me. So if you're in town, maybe you can do that as well. I want to share with you, too, our friend Roy Samante, currently on an airplane, flying to Tucson, he and some friends. So we'll uh, we'll rendezvous tomorrow. I have a uh, a boneyard reunion of sorts and uh, spend some time talking with those folks. Maybe they'll make it to Tombstone with me. I don't know. But uh, Roy shares with me there's a lot of maroon on the on the plane headed from Memphis. And if you saw Steph, you know Steph McLaren Ledger, he is flying connecting out of Houston. A lot of maroon there, too. So it looks like that we're going to have some bulldogs out here uh, in in uh, Tucson to enjoy the ball game. And I, I love when our fans turn out, especially in situations like this, where we're playing somebody that is really kind of a novelty. We've never played Arizona. So the chances of us having a chance to see the bulldogs play at Arizona Stadium in our lifetimes again is pretty slim. So I don't know how long we go today because i got to get this show up and posted. And then, of course, I've got some, uh, some sites to go see and uh, going to go and check out some of the Breaking Bad stuff, too. You may not know this, but if you are a uh, follower of the Breaking Bad series, the restaurant Los Palos Hermanos is a real place. It's just not called Los Palos Hermanos. It's called Twisters. And so I'd like to be able to go there. They have a Breaking Bad exhibit. So while I'm out here, I'm taking advantage of all this and having a good time. And uh, even though it's a long drive, people are like, Steve, I can't believe you drove. Well, think about all the cool stuff that I got to see really for the first time in my life. And so I like getting out, going me in the tunes and kind of being alone. And, uh, you know, it's kind of therapeutic for me. So I enjoy doing it. I hope you guys enjoy traveling as well. So 
Uh, I just encourage you, get out, pack the car, go make some memories whenever you can. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of this show. They don't have a Bulldog Burger Company here, at least not yet. Bulldog Burger Company doing a great job delivering the greatest in restaurant quality hamburgers in the great state of Mississippi. You go by and check them out. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive in Star Vegas. Uh, that's going to be that neat patio area too. Be sure and go check that out. And then also Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. And the newest one, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridgewood Flowood area. Go by and have that great restaurant quality hamburger. You'll be glad you did. Now before we get into the show, I want to tell you too, there, there's, there are several watch parties, I guess, with some of the Alumni Association. I got a text yesterday uh, from my good friend, Robert St. John. You know, Robert has the uh, the little place there in Fondren. You know, they, they bought out the Capri Theater and, and they have renovated there. So if you're in the central Mississippi area, let me share with you this. The Capri Theater in Fondren is going to be showing the Mississippi State-Arizona game on the big screen in high definition with the Dolby 7.1 sound. Admission is free. How about that? You can go watch the game for free. State fans will be able to sit in recliners, order cocktails, beer, some food from their seat, and watch the Bulldogs on the largest screen this side of Davis Wade Stadium. So if you're looking for that, for a chance to go congregate with Bulldog fans and maybe have a festive environment, uh, and maybe you don't feel like doing like your home gating stuff yourself because of the late kick, or maybe you're going to be out and about, go by the Capri Theater. That's there in Jackson, Mississippi, in Fondren. Again, you can Google that uh, and see it for yourself. All right, let's go ahead and get into the show. A lot to talk about with Arizona. You know, the game, in my estimation, is going to be won or lost on our ability to score on Arizona, not just the defensive side of the football, not just special teams. But when Mississippi State has the football, I think that is going to be the real issue. Now, Johnny Nansen, defensive coordinator at Arizona, he is a first-year coordinator there. We'll take a quick look at uh, his resume. Actually, a Washington State alum. So, quite familiar with Mike Leach. Began his, his coaching career once his playing days were over at Cabrillo High School in California as a defensive coordinator. Made the move to Louisville in 1999 as a graduate assistant. In 2000, coached the running backs from Montana State. From 01 to 02, he coached corners and then took over the full secondary in 2003. Moved to Idaho in 04 and was there to 2008. Was the linebackers coach and special teams coordinator uh, 04 through 06. And then 07 through 08, he was a D-line coach and special teams coordinator. 2009 to 11, he was a defensive line coach and special teams coordinator at the University of Washington. Switched over to the offensive side of the football in 2012 and, again, a coach running backs for the second time in his career, also the special teams coordinator and associate head coach. 2014 to 15, he is the, holds the same position at the University of Southern California. Had a reduction in duties from 16 to 18, lost the special teams coordinator uh, designation and moved from running backs over linebackers. 2019, he was no longer the associate head coach. He was simply the linebackers coach. And then 2020 and 2021, the defensive line coach at UCLA. So this is a guy that has coached really at every level of defense on the college level and then worked also uh, with running backs, which is interesting. But he has only been a play caller one time in his career as a defensive coordinator, and that was on the high school ranks way back in 1998. He was given the game ball last week after a really good uh, performance by his unit 
against San Diego State. Now, uh, <laughs> Coach met with the media a couple days ago. There's Johnny Nansen, obviously a very well-traveled coach, but a guy, too, that uh, his coach in this league and is familiar with Mike Leach. And so there will probably be some things that I think that will be some carryover from previous experiences. However, no real carryover from last week's game plan at San Diego State was really more of a run-first team. And again, as I mentioned, they ran some uh, some different fronts. Now, they're not going to run a joker package against us very often. They're going to run a lot more nickel and dime and do some drop eight stuff. At least that's what we expect. Now, he did mention, too, that they, they really noticed that Mississippi State ran the football more than 30 times last week. So they're going to have to respect that. Now, does that change how they defense us early on? I guess that kind of remains to be seen. But if you're going to drop eight and rush three, there should be some running lanes available. One of the things that they, one of the reporters pointed out, too, is that Mississippi State last week had 250 yards after the catch. And that's about tackling, right? That's about strength and conditioning. Will Arizona be able to tackle in space? I thought they tackled pretty well last week. and Not, not exactly you look at them and say it was a tackling clinic by any stretch of the imagination. But that's going to be a key component to this is how do they tackle guys like Woody Marks and Dylan Johnson out in space? What do they do against all the bubble screens and the slip screens and things of that nature? So I share that with you because if you watched the game last week, it's going to be a completely different defensive scheme because they're going to be facing a much different offense. Now, he also went on to say that Mike Leach runs what Mike Leach wants to do. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't care what you're running defensively. They're going, we're going to run our scheme. And that's kind of been the tenet of the Mike Leach experience. It's like he believes what he's doing kind of sets the tone for the ball game. And so, you know, they, they understand that Will Rogers is a guy that can sit back there and pick you apart. So they'll probably, I suspect, dial up some probably some delayed blitzes. Like maybe they'll drop eight. Maybe they'll spy the quarterback and bring a later blitz. But it's going to be a completely different scenario. And I think it's important to kind of understand that, that uh, this is a team that, uh, as I mentioned, up until this year, had won one game in 25 tries. This is going to be one of their bigger challenges they've had uh, in the last couple of years. You know, Washington State absolutely lit them up last year. But it's a brand-new scheme. It's a brand-new coordinator. And, again, they're going to be feeling a lot better about life after having that big win last year, against a San, last week, against a San Diego State team that had a good year a year ago. So Brady Hoke and those guys have kind of developed a pedigree for winning out there. They're a very solid G5 program. But when I watched that team play, I didn't think there was a huge difference in the athleticism of Arizona and San Diego State. I thought Arizona did a really good job of being opportunistic when they were given opportunities. I think the difference between Mississippi State athletically and San Diego State is tremendous. I do think Mississippi State athletically is better than Arizona as well. And you got to think, you know, losing impacts recruiting. I don't care who you are or where you're from. And so – the situational football in this game is going to be huge. One of the things that Coach Nansen mentioned, too, was how important substitutions were. I agree with him wholeheartedly. You know, Mississippi State basically is like, you know, hey, we're going to bet that our third-best receiver is better than your third-best DB. And we don't sub an awful lot on offense, which doesn't give you the opportunity to sub on defense. So if we get a personnel group out there that really matches what we want to do that we can exploit – I would suspect you're going to see State really maybe – I wouldn't say maybe run some tempo, but I don't think you're going to see us substitute a lot. I think once we get matchups 
that favor us. We'll just continue to kind of exploit that as best we can. Now, when you think about teams like Arizona that are kind of working their way back into respectability, depth is the biggest issue. And so over the course of this game, I suspect you're going to see the depth of the Mississippi State wide receiving core exploit a lack of depth in the Arizona secondary. Now, it may be a game for a half, but I think eventually, like we saw with LSU, I mean, LSU in 2020 was known as DBU. And then in the second half of that ball game, they're telling our receivers how tired they are because you've got to chase us over and over and over again. And so it's not just you know having a go-to guy that creates attention. It's the fact that we have so many guys up and down the depth chart that are capable of making plays. Uh, Coach also mentioned that Mississippi State didn't have a go-to receiver, so who do you double? You don't, you don't know. You can't shade coverage to one side. And while that has been something that some of our people in the media – have kind of uh, lamented, I guess, I see it as a strength because I don't think it means Mississippi State doesn't have great wide receivers. I think it means that the collective talent of that group is very even. So rather than you know, have that one Eric Moulds type where everybody can shade coverage to and then you force somebody else to beat you, we have several guys that are capable of beating you. Uh, Ra-Ra Thomas being one of them who had a big game last week. And we'll need Ra-Ra to have a big game this week. He's had a great camp even though Mike Leach called him average. And, of course, Mike's uh, expectations for him are much higher than ours. Rara did a good job in camp. So I just think State has a huge advantage with our offense versus their defense. They played some really young guys last weekend to get them some experience as that game kind of got elongated a little bit. Um, and and the, the, there was some separation within the ball game. I think that's an important factor for State. You've got to get in their legs a little bit and force them to play some younger guys who are more likely to make mistakes. And so I think what's going to happen in this ballgame is I do think State will have a halftime lead, but I think in that second half, we're going to be able to kind of exploit that lack of experience and lack of talent uh, in the secondary. That's important to understand. It's going to kind of be a slow burn for a while. And to be honest with you, if State gets off to a big start, I expect a blowout of this ballgame. I do think State will win and cover. Uh, I don't think – I'm not expecting a blowout, but if State gets off to the hot start, that's probably important to understand. Now, let's talk about – Having to hire a new employee sometimes is the absolute worst, right? We've all been there. If you've got your own small business, I mean, you're, you're trusting your livelihood. You're trusting your baby, your blood, sweat, and tears with somebody perhaps you don't know very well. That's why you got to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. How cool is that? There have been times in the past I've made hiring decisions when I was desperate for an employee. It's been nice to have had a partner to help me screen through some of this and make sure that I get people that fit the specific skill set I'm looking for. It's so easy to go make a free ad today at LinkedIn. Maybe you should. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it much easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to actually meet, interview, and ultimately hire. It's important to have the right team. It's why every small business rates LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering Quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster than ever before. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash boneyard. That's linkedin.com slash boneyard to post your job for free. Some terms and conditions may apply. Weather, that's been something that uh, it's been an obsession for our fans. Like one of the worst things that ever happened to sports message boards is they put the weather app on the phone and you start seeing that 10-day forecast that changes, you know, by the minute. Oh, it looks like it's going to be a wet weekend. You know, it's in this time there was some real risk involved because of that hurricane out there off the coast of Mexico. It does appear now that there will be some rain in the area today, but it should be good on game day. Uh, what I've seen today, and of course it changes, but you would think within uh, you know a day's time you kind of know what's happening. There will be some showers this afternoon, kind of clearing overnight. Should be a nice day tomorrow. And you know, people talk about the heat. Uh, let, let me share you with this. I grew up in the South. I am from South Mississippi. I know that walking to the mailbox during the summer months is a very vicious undertaking, right? I mean, you walk outside, you leave the the comfort of the AC, and you just go out there to get your mail, and you walk back, and you need a shower. After being out here, you know, for a couple days, they talk about it being a dry heat, and you never know what that means. What it means is there's no humidity here. So I'm walking around down here, you know, basically... Uh, walked down to Old Town last night, walked around, probably put in a couple miles, just kind of walking around, seeing the sights. Got back home, didn't even have a sweat. You look at the phone, it's about 90 degrees. Now, 90 degrees in Mississippi, you know, with that 10,000% humidity is much different. So we talk about the toughness factor. You know, and I, I watched some things about last week when they played San Diego State, it was 100 degrees in that stadium. And it did appear San Diego State wilted a little bit. Well, 100 degrees in San Diego, you know, their weather usually is, you know, 75 to 85 year-round. And so that was a big shock to the system. And so the Arizona guys were like, hey, we trained in this. Guys, what Mississippi State has trained in is tremendously more challenging than this heat here. It just is. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody does. I've experienced it. I've walked around. I remember those days of, uh, you know, you go out there and you, you go run at night because you think it's a little bit easier and it's 95% humidity. And you go run three miles and you come back and you're just absolutely spent. You know, so I, I don't worry about the weather. I don't worry about the conditions. They'll make a big deal of it on TV. But the Mississippi State Bulldogs are not going to wilt in the Arizona heat. It's not going to do it. Not going to do it. It's a, it's a completely different element. Now, hey, the altitude may be an issue for us, but you, know, you would think after getting here today that they'll have a chance to acclimate a little bit and kind of get used to this. And, you know, that, that's still kind of quickly. I mean, you'd love to have been up, been up here a couple of days. But, um, you know, so far, so good. But uh, the team will arrive later this afternoon in Tucson. They'll have the walkthrough at the stadium. As Mike Leach says, they'll have the uh, they'll go to a late movie, then sleep in, and then begin their regular schedule tomorrow. Have a little bit of a late wake up call tomorrow in advance of that uh, 8 p.m. kick local time, 10 p.m. Central time. So on Mississippi State time, it'll be a 10 p.m. kick. And again, as I shared, it's more about our fans than it is our players. Our players will be ready to go. We're not going to wilt in the Arizona sun, and we're not going to fade because it's a little bit later in the day. You know, people forget how late we played last last week. You didn't see us kind of 
breakdown then. I've seen some people mention that. Oh, well, you know, we had a lapse in judgment because it got later in, in the ball game. Guys, you know how it is when you're playing a game. You get so laser focused, the adrenaline starts pumping. You don't, you're not looking at your watch. You're not thinking, oh, ordinarily I would be in bed. That's just not how it works. <clears throat> now let's look offensively here. So this is a team, too, that's second year in a system with Brennan Carroll. Brennan Carroll was the OC last year. And, again, it was, they didn't score an awful lot last year. Lost 11 games. But you can't take a lot of last year's stats and really build any narrative around it because there's been so many changes. Of course, Cowan comes in and Delara comes in. So they've had an influx of, child, of talent that there's just not a lot of carryover, I think, from expectations. But uh, looking at Brennan Carroll's history, you know, he began his coaching career as a graduate assistant at USC in 02 to 03, became the recruiting coordinator and the full-time tight ends coach from 04 to 09, left there, went to Miami, was the recruiting coordinator, tight ends and wide receivers coach from 11 to 14. He leaves the U and heads to the Seattle Seahawks, where he was the run game coordinator and the offensive line coach from 2015 to 20, and now currently at Arizona. So, you know, what, if anything, can we draw from that? Well, obviously the guy's a pretty good recruiter and a guy that has specialized basically in offensive line and run game coordinating stuff. And so, uh, again, spent some time at wide receivers, but his entire career has been spent on the offensive side of the football. So, you know, what, if anything, can we learn from that? Well, I think not much. I think, you know, again, this is a team last year that kind of built their, their offense around the personnel, and then they've had a change in personnel. So, I don't know if there's a lot of tendencies that you can exploit in that respect. I think that's an important thing to understand. Mississippi State, again, you're getting a first-time play caller on defense, and you don't have a very established guy on offense for the second week in a row. Now, let's be fair about this, too. Mississippi State absolutely dominated Memphis. I don't expect Mississippi State to dominate Arizona. We could get some breaks early. I think, this again, this is an Arizona team that's kind of used to losing and so all of a sudden you start getting that behind and think, well, here we go again. I do think that Jaden Delora and Cowan will kind of make this a little more interesting. I think Delora, again, not the biggest arm, as I shared with you guys on Wednesday's show, but the guy is a leader. He is not going to quit. I don't think you're going to see any quit with him. I do think you could see some quit in this defense as, uh, as they begin to kind of chase. And so – I do expect it to be a very competitive game for probably two, two and a half quarters, and then State's depth and athleticism to take over. I think you're going to see the difference in the strength programs and then the advantage of growing up in the Southeast really take over there. But, again, the Cowan guy, you've got to disrupt him. Uh, you can't let him get out there and just kind of pick and choose what he wants to do. I think you've got to get physical with a guy like that. You've got to be able to go out there when you get a chance to get a legal lick on him you got to get it. You got to make it a physical game. Uh, you got to disguise some coverages because they do run a lot of option routes. And I think it's important to kind of understand too. Speaking of uh, stuff to kind of flash back to defense here for a second, you know, they ran a lot of those. I, I guess they ran a joke or some last week. But the reality of it is they played a lot of man coverage. You know, when you play a run first team, you commit more people to the box. And so this week's going to be much different. There's no way they're going to run man coverage against Mississippi State. There's just no way it's going to happen. And if they do, I think if Will Rogers and those guys see it, they're going to exploit it. I mentioned to Dylan Johnson, I asked him earlier this week, I said, when you're in the huddle and you come out and pre-snap read and you see that they're in man coverage, do you get excited? And he just grinned. He said, absolutely. 
even though he knows the football more than likely is not coming to him, he understands that a team play in man coverage against Mississippi State, and this air raid offense is really kind of picking their poison. And you saw that. You, know, you saw it against Missouri. You saw it against LSU. There were times even against Georgia. Kirby Smart said every time they went man coverage, we hit them with it. We hit them. So when you get these first-time defensive coordinators, and, and I know those guys that have spent a lot of time and effort you know, crafting a career and working to this point, but when you've got a guy that is inexperienced as a play caller, do they get impatient? Do they begin to think, well, we should do this. Well, let's do what Alabama did. Okay, we're going to run that package that Alabama devised to go get Mississippi State. Well, the difference is, is you don't have the same level of personnel. And so you leave your guys on an island and your blitz gets picked up and you're going to leave inexperienced guys and maybe averagely talented guys in situations that can't be successful. So, again, not much you can take away from that defensive game plan from last week, but you can expect to see Mississippi State really get out there and get after it. And I think once we get through the first quarter, I think our guys will settle in. But uh, I'm interested to see, you know, how much of this kicking stuff works. Like, you know, like how much will Tulu get a chance at a big return? Because the guy's absolutely electric. Everybody knows it. If they kick to him, and I don't think they kick off a whole lot, but if they do, I think this is. I think there is a real chance that Tulu can have a game-breaking a tight play here. It may not be a touchdown, but I think that he can get a guy to get us into plus territory. I'm eager to see what they decide to do there. Very, very eager to see. Now, also of note, we talked about, you know, these crowds, you know, in the 30,000s. The athletic director from Arizona said yesterday in a local paper that they've got about, what, 41,000 tickets out. Now, some of you have bought those tickets. But capacity is right around 50,000. So it's going to be, you know, probably a near-capacity crowd as we get there. It'll be the biggest crowd they've had probably since 19 or 18. Uh, so, again, I don't expect it to be a raucous environment, though. I, I know they'd love for it to be. But, you know, us playing in front of 50,000 is kind of like playing, you know, in many respects, a smaller version of Davis Wade. And then we'll have some fans there, too. But uh, I think the late kick is going to keep some people at home. And I think, again, you start getting a lead in this game, I think some of the locals will decide to seek their entertainment elsewhere. So that's what I've learned about Arizona here in the last uh, you know, 24 hours. I wanted to share that with all of you because I think, again, there's just so many factors to consider. Defense, different from last week, really challenging the secondary. Offense, not a lot of carryover from last year, but an influx of personnel that are game breakers. Weather should be good. Tickets remain available, but tickets are selling at a good pace. That's your summation of the first segment of the show. So if you're in the area and you're considering coming to the game, I encourage you to do so because you don't know when Mississippi State's going to be back out here. Of course, we'll be at Arizona State uh, here soon too. But uh, the reality of it is is that uh, we don't get west very often. So it's a novel experience. I encourage you to come out and enjoy that. Probably too late to make it if you haven't already made plans and you're back home in the southeast. But uh, if you're out here in the – in the great Southwest, you should have a chance to come uh, enjoy the ball game. Uh, also of note, too, there was uh, some discussion yesterday about cowbells. Cowbells not allowed at the football game. And, and seasoned Bulldog fans know you can't bring cowbells on the road. We, we know this. There will be a few that will sneak them in or whatever, and I understand it, but you better be prepared to have it taken because they're not going to allow it. Uh, the Pac-12 does not allow 
uh, noisemakers. And again, they call them artificial noisemakers. Nothing artificial about the noise that we make with those cowbells. So I would encourage you, leave your cowbell at home unless you want to keep it concealed and ring it after the game is over. But the reality of it is, if you bring a cowbell, it will be confiscated by the event staff. So let's look forward to uh, to a good experience. I'm ready to get down there and kind of get going. And uh, my first time covering a game this far west. How about that? So novel experience for me too. But uh, I do expect Mississippi State to play well. There's all these things too. There's our fans like like we all. It's like we need everything to go right for you guys to feel good about life. It's like even last week we're getting ready to play Memphis, and then we have the old. Uh, you know, the acid reflux of last year. It's like we were a better team last year, and look what happened. Yeah, you guys, it was, what, one game in 14? Like, we have beaten Memphis, what, 13 or 14 times? We should always beat Memphis. We should have beat them last year. Now, if we remove our emotional investment in this game against Arizona, if we had gone 1-11 last year and we had a bowl team coming to Starkville, we'd expect to lose. Now the shoe's on the other foot, and we're worried about Arizona. And again, all the worry in the world is not going to change anything. But the reality of it is Mississippi State is the better team. Mississippi State is the better program. Mississippi State has the most more experienced staff. Mississippi State has more experience on the football field. We should win this game. And if we don't, it's our own fault. And I think we win it comfortably. I do. I think, again, it'll be a game in, you know, for a half or so, and we'll pull away in the second half. And I think you guys are going to be able to relax a little bit and enjoy the second half. But, uh, again, Pretty cool experience for us to be out here, and I'm, I'm eager for game day uh, to get here. Okay, time for today's top 10 list is always brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair Chandler is a mortgage professional, a mortgage wizard, I dare say. Blair's a guy that kind of specializes in tough cases. You know, some of you guys is like, hey, I've never had a problem getting a mortgage, even though as convoluted as that process was, it, 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 we handled it. But for other people, it's a little more difficult. Maybe you're a non-conforming borrower with an atypical property. You know, maybe you've never gone through all this. Maybe you're not prepared. Blair can get you ready. Let me give you Blair's phone number. It's 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. Reach out to Blair. Whether you're looking to refinance or buy a home, he is a guy that can take care of things for you. Top 1% close ratio in the country, two years running, 21 years of experience in the in the industry, works for Fairway Mortgage, a very reputable mortgage lender, recently voted number one in customer satisfaction when it came to mortgage loan origination. What could be better? Well, Blair's a bulldog. Season ticket holder in, both, in two sports, has a place in Starkville, uh, is a guy that is committed to Mississippi State. But listen, he'll, he'll take your business no matter your rooting interest. But uh, I believe in keeping things in the family. So look to Blair Chandler for your mortgage needs. And again, I shared with you guys last week, I got a call from a friend. It said, hey, I had a friend that had a problem. He got turned down by another lender. And Blair got him closed in less than 10 days. That's, that's the kind of effort you want. That's a bulldog effort, right? So be sure and reach out to Blair Chandler. Again, that's close with Blair Dot com. And if you mention to Blair, whether it be by text or by phone or by email or by carrier pigeon, that you heard about him on the boneyard, he will pay for your appraisal. That's about a $500 value. That is a nice benefit, a nice incentive to keep it in the family. All right, time for today's top 10 list. And we're going cowboy themed. But no, we're not doing country. We're not. And I know, like, oh, Steve, no. No Chris will do. No Brooks and Dunn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No Waylon Jennings, who was a favorite. No Hank Williams Jr. 
We're doing non-country cowboy songs. I'm, I'm a fan of the Cowboys and not necessarily the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I've hated the Dallas Cowboys my whole life and the dad gets drafted there and I kind of got to, you know, put that on hold for a while. But uh, I love the Cowboy culture and I love all the stories of the Old West. Uh, read extensively about that. All those Louis L'Amour books. I mean, you know, hey, good stuff, man. But here are my top 10 Cowboy rock songs. A couple of these are a little bit of a stretch. There's not a lot of rock songs about cowboys. Forgive me. I didn't include Ride Like the Wind from Christopher Cross. I didn't. I could have. I didn't. But I did hear a really great cover of that song on my drive up yesterday by this rock metal outfit called uh, Jorn. I think it's J-O-R-N. They covered Christopher Cross's Ride Like the Wind. It's amazing. The original was amazing. My favorite Christopher Cross song. But to hear it kind of rocked up, let's just say I didn't obey the speed limit. All right, number 10. Now, I want you to bear with me on this one because the beginning of this song is a little bit uh, interesting because they kind of sing it like a cowboy ballad and then, and then all of a sudden it kicks in. We're talking Thin Lizzy's cowboy song. Thin Lizzy, cowboy song, number 10. And those of you like, hey, I've heard of Thin Lizzy, you young bucks. Yeah, they're the ones that sing The Boys Are Back in Town. And Jailbreak. Dancing in the Moonlight, great band. Number nine, it's the Steve Miller Band. It's Space Cowboy. You say, well, I've heard of the Steve Miller Band. I've never known this song. Well, you know, shame on you. A little bit earlier in the career. Number eight, a kind of a break here. You know, we had the Lilith Fair list a while back, and this young lady was a big part of that. Uh, it's Paula Cole's Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? That's your number eight song, Paula Cole. And this list, when we get a little bit deeper, you think I never thought I'd see Paula Cole on a list with some of these, these bands. Number seven, a little bit of a stretch, but it, it, it matches in my mind. It's Aerosmith's Back in the Saddle, Back in the Saddle again. And this is really one of those songs when Steven Tyler really kind of found his voice. If you listen to the first album, Steven didn't do a lot of the screaming and scatting and things like that. Things changed. Number six, it's Kid Rock's Cowboy, because I want to be a cowboy, baby. And I used to use that meme and that gif to make fun of the, uh, you know, the old Miss uh, keyboard cowboys. You know, I'm out here doing things. You're talking about what I'm doing. I, I win. Uh, number five, this probably should be higher on the list, but it didn't have cowboy in the title, even though it's kind of written about a cowboy. It's a legendary song, and there's that great Seinfeld episode. You know where I'm going with this? It's the Eagles' Desperado, because you know you, you better let somebody love you. Now, the rest of these, I'm willing to fight over. Number four, it's the debut single from one of America's best rock bands of my generation. It's Tesla's Modern Day Cowboy. That Mechanical Resonance album is perfection. I would submit to you the first five Tesla albums like before they went on hiatus, were amazing. Like I, 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 sometimes I wonder if Tesla had not had the hiatus, where would we, we be right now in the Tesla catalog? They're still making good music, but it's like you had Mechanical Resonance, and then you had the masterpiece, the great radio controversy. Phenomenal record. Then you had the five-man acoustical jam where the song Signs, that was ironically written by the five-man electrical band, and then you had um, 
Psycho Supper, or Psychotic Supper, excuse me, and then you had Bust a Knot. Well, those albums, like if you could just kind of listen to those five in their entirety, you can kind of see the maturation of the band, but they were strong from the beginning. I think Modern Day Cowboy, a tremendous, tremendously good uh, debut single. And also, too, we get to the end there. We're talking about the Cold War. That's what we that's what we grew up in. Number three, it's a song about Billy the Kid, my friend. One saw him yesterday. It's John Bon Jovi's Blaze of Glory, which was the theme song of Young Guns, too. And, you know, John Bon Jovi was actually in the movie. He had a cameo in the movie when uh, they're putting Doc Scarlock and uh, Chavez uh, down in the pit and then they have the revolt, John Bon Jovi gets shot killed. Pretty cool. It's, but that album is great, too. You know, Miracle, Santa Fe, the, the whole thing is amazing. The, the, move, the music was inspired by the movie. And for you young bucks, I'll tell you this. If you have not watched Young Guns and Young Guns 2, and Young Guns 2, in my estimation, is better than the first one. Young Guns was amazing. Young Guns 2 is legendary. Absolutely love both of those movies. But uh, Young Guns 2... Absolutely phenomenal. But if you are unfamiliar with those couple of movies, you owe it to yourself to dedicate some time one weekend and watch that. It's tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. And I would say Young Guns 2, we could probably rank modern-day Westerns like of my lifetime. Uh, I would say Young Guns 2, the only movie in my estimation that is better is Tombstone of the modern-day Westerns. You know, we had the quick and the dead, and that was okay. Um, and then um, Silverado was really good too. You know, with Denny Glover, Kevin Costner, it, it was good. It was good. But Young Guns Two, Tombstone, the best modern day westerns of my estimation. Again, you, you may disagree, but that's okay. Number two, you know, I had to bring some metal into this. And if you know me and you know metal, you know exactly where I'm going with this. It's uh, Cowboys from Hell from Pantera. I have a CF, CFH tattoo on my left arm. This is one of those songs, too, like from the very, very opening riff, you kind of know it's about to be a roller coaster because legends were black. And number one, though, John Bon Jovi making a second appearance with the full band. It's Bon Jovi's Wanted Dead or Alive. And I know John's from New Jersey. And I know that John's a guy, too, that uh, probably has not ridden a lot of horses in his day. And, he again, he's really talking about being a modern-day cowboy, wanted dead or alive. But uh, the vibe of that song is tremendous. It's one of the better songs, again, of the Bon Jovi catalog. And so uh, enjoy that, your cowboy list today, because I'm out here inspired by being around Billy the Kid and the ghost of Billy the Kid. And there's so much of that, too, the... Um, this is a big part of the tourism industry here. You know, so it's like there's so many things out here everywhere you go. It's like in the little town of Fort Sumner, you know, the, of course the fort's no longer there. You had the cemetery and you get the Billy the Kid Museum. It's, just, it's really just kind of a stop in the road. But everything out there is Billy the Kid this, the Billy the Kid in, the Billy the Kid that. And they're very proud of that heritage. And uh, I think that's a really cool thing. Now, of course, in you know, today's society, I'm sure there are people would say, you should never celebrate Billy the Kid. You know, it's so difficult to judge people of yesterday through the lens of today. And not to mention, you know, Billy the Kid and the Lincoln County Regulators, they were doing what they felt was right. It wasn't just, and it was a wild, wild west, right? You know, 
That's how you handled disputes back then. You had the Lincoln County War. And so much of that, there was so much corruption. And I've read extensively about this. In many respects, they were freedom fighters and they were fighting for more of the common man because there were so many people that were being taxed and their monies were being used to, to line the pockets of the rich and they were getting little in return. And so as a result, there was a war. And uh, sadly, the Lincoln County regulators lost, but uh, at least some of what they did drew some attention to the corruption. And uh, President Rutherford B. Hayes and people like that kind of got involved, and they were able to eradicate some of that. And so while they they ultimately lost their lives, their cause kind of won out. And so uh, I I do celebrate Billy the Kid. I do. And uh, I've seen so many amazing things in the last couple days that I never thought I would see, including a childhood photo of Billy the Kid. And he's probably like six, and he's standing there holding up a long rifle. You know, it's just, you know, it's almost like a will to power type thing. It's like, you know, how, how did we not know? He was born in New York. Did you know that? He was born in New York. Ended up down here. So I share that just because when you get a chance to get down here, and, and the, the terrain and the scenery is just amazing. It really is. And I'm looking forward to making that drive down to Arizona. and Because I've been through southern Arizona. I've never been through northern Arizona. But I'm looking forward to kind of get out there and seeing those things. Because you know how it is, man, in our state, it's mainly just kind of like a row of pine trees with some, you know, some highways cut through it. You know, I love our state, but it's a lot more picturesque out here. You see a lot of things, not a lot of industry, and there's a lot of poverty, especially in the rural areas. It's a much different dynamic, but um, we, we live in a beautiful country. We really do. It's a very diverse place. So many wonderful things about our country. I don't think we celebrate that enough. We try to find these things that you know, divide us and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to get political with you, but there's so much of that that it's like, why don't we just enjoy life? Why don't we agree to disagree and let's just enjoy life? Right, Because all this arguing on Twitter and on Facebook, it's not going to change anything. It's, it's like the people are at arms, and then the politicians are just kind of fighting a way, find a way to stay in power, and they're using us to do that. You know, I'm a firm believer in the movie V for Vendetta, when V says, uh, you know, government should be afraid of their people and not people afraid of their governments. That's my political statement for the day. All right, time for the next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmark. Campus Bookmark, our, uh, Campus Bookmark, a Starkvillian institution, great place to do business. A lot of people make claims that they have the largest selection of Mississippi State merchandise. They are pretenders to the throne because Miss Kathy Brown sits above it. She's the queen of Mississippi State merchandising. Anything that has Mississippi State on it, she can get it or she already has it in stock. The bully shop, not completely renovated, it's upstairs. And again, I was there last weekend. Saturday was packed. It was absolutely packed. I've never seen it that busy. And so thank you guys for going out and supporting them. But also, too, I th- you know, you're benefiting from this, too, because you've got a lot more to choose from. It's an amazing place. And uh, when you get ready to do your holiday shopping, you look no further than campusbookmart.net. And we'll save you a little holiday cash. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmart.net. Promo code BSR. All right, let's look around the Southeastern Conference today and kind of preview the weekend. 
man, there are some great games this weekend. There are some great games this weekend. And, um, you know, we'll be covering a game. Maybe we'll get a chance to watch some football during the day. For those of you that aren't making the trip to Arizona, it's a wonderful day for you because you're going to have an opportunity to basically watch football from the time that you wake up to the time you go to bed. You may not make it to Sunday, uh, make it to Sunday school, but the reality of it is if you're going to stay and watch Bulldogs, it's going to be a long day of TV viewing. So I would encourage you pace yourself. Don't drink too much early in the day. Maybe put on a pot of coffee in the afternoon. All right, let's get started, though. Our day starts on Fox. It's Alabama at Texas. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. Texas is not back. And I think the Texas band, I mean, maybe it's a tradition they do at the end of every game, kind of preview in the next one. Alabama is going to smash Texas. Now, I think Texas will make it a game for a little bit. But as uh, Coach Herman Boone said, you know, it's tried and true, man, just like Novocaine. Works every time. Alabama will beat Texas handily. And I expect Alabama to cover in this ball game. But, hey, good for Alabama, too, for being willing to go on the road and play some of these Power 5 opponents. I mean, you have to play a Power 5 team anyway under the current structure. And Alabama doesn't shy away from it. I mean, you got Ohio State coming up. I mean, my goodness. I mean, Alabama, they're not, they're not the least bit scared to get out there and go play. South Carolina to Arkansas. I don't think South Carolina is ready for this. I think this Arkansas running game, the physicality, that offensive line is going to be too difficult for South Carolina to deal with. I think it's a game for a little bit, but I think in the end Arkansas will shorten the game up and, and probably win it like 24-14, something like that. I like this Sam Pittman. I do. I like his approach to the game. And and with everybody kind of going to the spread and kind of running more of a finesse game, it's kind of good to see Sam Pittman be more of kind of an old-school coach. It kind of makes you wonder, too, when, when everybody is like building their defense to stop the spread – and all of a sudden, you're doing something different. You're running a spread, all right, but you're really spreading everybody out to basically run, you know, a power game there between the tackles. And so it's a different brand of athlete that has to play against that brand of offense. And so I think in many respects, Arkansas has kind of seen, you know, some success because of the fact that many defenses are geared up to stop a different scheme. And all of a sudden, you get somebody lining up running right at you it's a different deal. It's a different skill set required to defend that. But, um, again, I like Arkansas in the game. I don't think Arkansas is a great team. I do think they're a very good team. I don't think they're great. I think they're going to struggle against the, you know, the top teams in this league. But they should handle South Carolina. Wake Forest is at Vanderbilt. And I'll be honest with you, I had some trouble with this one because, you know, Wake is favored on the road just getting their quarterback back. But Vanderbilt has been good offensively. Wake Forest ranked in the top 25 now at 23. But I'm going to go with Wake and the points here. I, I, but if, if Vandy somehow wins this thing, I think you can be really excited if you're a Vanderbilt fan. And granted, you're, at some point you're going to play a Southeastern Conference game. But the reality of that is is that uh, you know Vandy has not been good for the last few years. And all of a sudden, even if you don't get bowl eligibility, let's say you win four or five this year, even, even that's still a losing season, I think you can look at it and say, you know what, we're headed in the right direction. I do think Mike Wright will make some plays in this ballgame to make it somewhat interesting and exciting. Missouri at Kansas State. This is another one that I struggled with because I think the Missouri offense is as expected. And I think the defense has improved a little bit. 
are they ready to handle that running game with Kansas State? I don't know. And I think anytime it's a toss-up, I tend to favor the team that's the home team. I think Kansas State is a team that does a good job within their league. Uh, of course, they had San Diego last week, or South Dakota, excuse me, 34 nothing, And uh, they coasted. It's 34 nothing halfway through the third quarter, and then they just kind of mailed it in after that. I just don't think Missouri is ready for that ground-and-pound attack. I just don't think after a year where they were kind of defense optional, are they going to be ready for a team that's going to get downhill on them the way Kansas State is? I don't think so. I'm taking Kansas State, and I'm taking the points too. Now here's a game, too, that's going to be awfully interesting, I think. you know What did we really learn about the Texas A&M defense last week? Really, I mean, when you think about it, did we really learn much about them when you consider they played Sam Houston State? Probably not. You probably didn't learn much. They went 31 nothing, But shouldn't that always be the case? I mean, if you're playing at home and you're a top-10 team and you're hosting an FCS school, they shouldn't score unless something goofy happens, right? Well, I just don't know. I think the Texas A&M defense should be good. I think they're going to get a real challenge this week from Appalachian State. I like Texas A&M to win. But Appalachian State, offensively, and it just seems like maybe there's something up in, in the mountain water up there, but maybe it's in the moonshine. But App State, it doesn't seem to matter who the coach is. They score points. They lose last weekend 63-61 to North Carolina. It's ridiculous. So you think that they're going to go from 61 points to zero this week? They're not. It's going to be a competitive game for a while. I think ultimately – A&M playing at home and then A&M having the superior athlete, it's going to matter. I do think Texas A&M is overrated a little bit. And, again, I told you guys at the beginning, I think there's a good chance they finish second or third in the West this year. But I think this Texas A&M team at number six is a bit high. Tennessee at Pitt. I love the game. I think Tennessee is the most underrated team in America. Uh, I guess some AP voters didn't vote them in this week, and the coaches did. You know, it depends on which poll you want to follow. But it's a top 25 matchup now. Tennessee 24, Pitt 17. Pitt and Kenny Pickett, now a Pittsburgh Steeler, won in Knoxville last last year. I, I picked that one correctly back then just because, in fact, Tennessee had so many issues. And I think, too, I think Tennessee fans and administrators and probably even the football staff are breathing a little bit sigh of relief once they've seen this notice of allegations. And it's really unfair to these guys to have to play with that cloud over their head, the ones that weren't involved in it. I get it. But this is a big ball game for Tennessee. I think Tennessee is really good. And if you remember, I picked them second in the East this year. And maybe that's not a hot take. I know other people were wanting Kentucky. And I think Tennessee is going to beat Kentucky when they play them. But this weekend, I think Tennessee gets pit, and then I think will probably elevate them into the top 20. Tennessee is a good team. And I think Josh Heupel's done a great job uh, implementing his culture there. And, and listen, that's a job, too, if you're Josh. You know, you take that job with the cloud of the NCAA investigation very much in your thoughts. And he takes the job anyway and has done a good job. And I think, again, Tennessee is on track. And I think if they can navigate through these sanctions, I don't think they'll get derailed. Uh, you know, they'll probably be maybe a step back or two, but I don't think that you're going to see Tennessee tank because of those sanctions. In many respects, I think the worst may be behind Tennessee. All right, Samford at Georgia. Is it even really worth talking about? And, I, and I'll be honest with you, 
all due respect to Alabama, Georgia should be the number one team in the country. They absolutely should be. You know, Georgia won the NFL championship last year. They returned enough pieces this year that you know they're going to be a contender. And listen, I get they lost a lot on defense last year. But if I had a vote, Georgia would be number one. They'd have been number one to start the season. They'd be number one now. But I think Georgia will flex a muscle this week. And if you're Georgia, you just got to avoid getting anybody injured, right? That, that's the number one thing. You just got to avoid getting somebody injured. All right, 6 p.m. kick from ESPN. It's Kentucky at Florida. Typically, I'll be honest with you, these are the kind of toss-up games sometimes that Kentucky finds a way to win. And I think if you're Florida, too, if you begin to think about the fact that you, you, you beat a top-10 opponent last week in Utah, Billy Napier and those guys shouldn't have had to do much this week. It's like, hey, you believe in what we're doing here? We're going to win some big games here? And we're going to do it this year. Because a lot of people come in and say, well, you know, we need a year or two to get our culture implemented. I think when you look at this group here, I think, and again, it's just one game, right? But I think you got to say that Florida's ahead of schedule a little bit. And I did expect Utah to win that game. And I thought Utah would win it by a couple scores. Well, they don't. Well, now you get Kentucky coming in, who, again, I think is an overrated team. They're a good team, not a great team. But I still think they're, they're overrated. I mean, I don't, I don't know who's working in, in communications at Kentucky that spreads all this information to guys in the SEC. But it is incredible to me how Kentucky every year is billed by some people. Oh, this, this is the year Kentucky's going to win the East. Guys, let me tell you this. Unless there's a, a wave of injuries or if Georgia gives up football, Kentucky's not winning the East this year. I don't care what anybody says, does, projects. It's not happening. Last year, Kentucky wins in Lexington 20-13. to was a game, too, that uh, Dan Mullen and the guys kind of like get away from him. Just simply couldn't score offensively. And that's the thing I think about. How much of DeMarc Stoops' defensive experience translates over to Billy Napier? Billy Napier and Dan Mullen run a lot of the same fundamental elements in their offense. And Stoops, even though Dan Mullen had a good record against him, at least at Mississippi State, Stoops kind of figured Dan Mullen out a little bit. And so... Does that mean that you know, the transferative properties kind of carry over to Billy Napier? Does that mean that Stoops kind of has a handle on what Florida wants to do this year? Maybe so. I do think it's a competitive ball game, but I also think Florida wins. Uh, you know, Florida has you know they've, they've split the last four, but before that, there was this absolute dominance by Florida. You know, it just I mean it wasn't even worth discussion. So Kentucky wins in 1986, 10-3, and then they play them every year. And, yeah, every year. And then in, and then in 18, they win again. That's how, think, think about that for a second. It's amazing to think about. And then, of course, Kentucky wins last year. And, again, I think that was kind of a flukish thing. I think Dan Mullen's people had put on him. I think they're going to face a much different Florida team this week. And I think Florida wins and covers. I don't think it'll be – a blowout by any stretch of the imagination, but I think Florida finds a way. Billy Napier is kind of a, you know, one possession game specialist. They know how to manage the game and shorten the game on you. I think that's what happens here. And of course, Kentucky's still without Chris Rodriguez, so you, I think you got to go with the Gators here. I think that's their smart play. Central Arkansas at Ole Miss, and uh, I haven't kept up with Ole Miss a lot this week. I've been busy. But there was some discussion last week that Luke Altmaier is going to start this game. And good for Luke. 
the thing that I would say is, what do you do if you're Lane Kiffin? What if Luke Altmaier comes out here and just sets the woods on fire? And then you've got Jackson Dart kind of waiting in the wings. You know, they're like, well, we're going to start this guy. If And I granted it's Central Arkansas. But if Luke comes out there and is very, very competitive, what happens in this quarterback battle? What happens with Jackson Dart? It's interesting because then all of a sudden, then you've got a true quarterback controversy, not just a competition, but you've got a controversy. Now, if you're Ole Miss, you certainly don't want a player to play bad, but it's almost like you need somebody to kind of you know, take the lead in this quarterback competition. And, again, the fact that it's bled into the season I think says a lot because nobody wins a quarterback competition that goes into the season, especially the fans. But it could be interesting. Ole Miss wins this game big, and they should. I mean, just line up and run the football, right? And you saw a lot of that last week, and that's what we expect this year. When you've got quarterback issues – and even if you're adequate at quarterback and you've got the uh, an experienced offensive line and some skill at running back, just run the football. Just run the football. And at some point, some people are going to make Ole Miss have to throw the football. You know, they play some other teams that can stop the run. But I think, especially in a game like this, there's just there's no point in risking it. San Jose State's at Auburn. You know, Auburn played decent against Mercer, as they should. San Jose State, they're not a team that's going to really challenge. Making that big trip across the country into SEC country, it's just, you know, they they beat Portland State last week in a barn burner 21-17. That'd make a lot of sense to me. You know, Portland State, come on. So, yeah, you're going to have Auburn win this game. But you remember last year, Auburn got off to the fast start too, and everybody's like, oh, Auburn is rolling. What a great hire. And by the end of the year, everybody out there, with the exception of Brian Harson's wife, wanted him to be fired. And I think at some point maybe she did too, just ready to get out of there. It was ridiculous how those people were treated at times. But uh, Auburn will beat San Jose State. I just don't think Auburn has a quarterback. I think they've done the best they can to improve the situation, but I just don't think there's a guy you can really trust. I think that's evident. And so maybe you play some other guys. Uh, Southern at LSU. What is happening down at LSU? I got these people scrubbing their social media accounts and things like that. I mean, it's just it, it's not a good look. And you know, man, we we're looking at this from the outside in. And I think it's one thing you look at and you begin to wonder is like, are there some things we don't know about? It's amazing how one play can change so much, right? I mean, it's like it was so crazy what happened in that Florida State LSU game. You think Florida State's about to kick? field goal or maybe put another touchdown on the board. I mean, they're down there inside the LSU five about to put the game away and they fumble. Bad play call. They fumble. And then LSU goes down the field. It's crazy, as you guys know. And then Florida State blocks the extra point. What I mean, what a roller coaster of emotions that we saw with all that. And then after the ball game, like there's all this angst out of Baton Rouge, not just among the fan base, but among the team. And there's all these leaks about this guy's unhappy and they're, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but I think it's a symptom of a bigger problem there. I don't think it's a one-week deal. And if you're Brian Kelly, you're getting $9.5 million a year, and it's like, hey, I'm going to figure this thing out, run the program the best way I know how, and then we'll make some decisions kind of moving forward. I mean, the guy's already got the retirement contract. Goodness gracious. And you, like you saw Ed Orgeron's comments this week when they told him, hey, 
Scott Woodard says, uh, you got, we owe you $17 million and we're going to give you all of it. And Ed's like, w- when do you want me to leave? You know? Well, you're already paying Ed that money and now you're on the hook for this thing to get Brian Kelly. And, you know, again, it's one game, but uh, the natives are restless. Let's just say that. Uh, but I don't know, is it fair to expect Brian Kelly to take a 6-6 six and six LSU team, I guess 6-7 and seven team, and have them competitive with the upper echelon teams in the SEC? Probably not. But you expected to beat Florida State in New Orleans. And, again, it's kind of an even toss-up game, so you, you never really know. But Florida State dominated that game up until the final six minutes. And they should have won the game. Of course, they get the block, the extra point. And to justice and the football gods smile on the Seminoles because they were in charge. They're up 17-7 with the football. Had a chance to really put the dagger in LSU. And in LSU, the, the, the voodoo, you know, the, the voodoo of Bourbon Street kind of spills over there in the fourth quarter, and LSU gets hot. And then, you know, Florida State's a team that hadn't won a lot lately, and I'm sure you're starting to think, oh, here we go again, here we go again. And then somebody steps up and makes a big play for you late. But uh, LSU will, will smash Southern. I think the main thing here, just kind of like with Georgia, just want to avoid getting anybody hurt. You know, maybe at the half, you know, you've, you've got this game in hand, and then you let the young guys get out there and play. And I hate to call it casualty soakers, but if, if one of your guys in the third team gets injured, it's not going to derail your season. That's just kind of the reality of life. But, um, you know, we get those guys next week, and that's the thing I begin to think about. I mean, you know, it's like Florida State shocks them and really socked them in the mouth for three and a half quarters. Florida State, a team that's had four straight losing seasons, went into the state of Louisiana and basically pushed LSU around and then survived, you know, the curse of the the Cajun voodoo there in the end. And now all of a sudden there's all this, you know, angst and derision down in, uh, in Baton Rouge. And so they'll get Southern and then they'll get us and it'll be a capacity crowd. So if you're on the fence about going to LSU, let me encourage you to do it because the team needs you there. We got a chance to go in there and get that thing. And again, we got to play well this weekend, but we got a chance to go in there and have a possibility to open up three and zero, and then have Bowling Green coming in. I mean, all of a sudden you start thinking we're on track. That's that all of a sudden that's become a huge ball game. You know, before it was a big one, and we're always thinking, well, you know, going on the road and playing at LSU is just not something Mississippi State does well. But now all of a sudden we've seen these two teams play, and I think if you're if you're if you're objective, if you look at how State played last week, and you look at how LSU played last week, who would you pick? You'd pick Mississippi State. I mean, and let's be honest too: is Memphis and Florida State so dissimilar in their uh, football programs right now? Now that you see, well, Steve, that's a bit of a stretch. You know, Memphis hadn't had a losing season in, what, 10 years? And they've beaten some Power 5 teams. Florida State has been adrift. And I understand Florida State recruits at a very high level most years, maybe not as much in recent years. But I think Mike Norvell is a guy that's probably recruited some Memphis-level talent to Florida State. Would Florida State beat Memphis on a neutral field? I mean, I mean think about that conversation. I don't know. But now all of a sudden you start thinking, we can go get that win. We, we, need, we can't get caught up looking ahead. We've got to go take care of Arizona. And I think the fact that we're on the road and having to uh, do something we've never done before will keep us locked in. But then, you know, next week's a different week. I'm ready to get down there for sure. I'm going to enjoy Saturday's ball game, and the next thing you know, we're going to be turning our attention to the Tigers. And it's, the Tigers will be 1-1 one and one when we play them. We should be 2-0. and oh. 
Again, they need to find a way to win this ball game. But if we go down to Baton Rouge with a full head of steam, the way that they're playing right now, all of a sudden you start feeling really good about the prospects of Mississippi State season. Now all of a sudden we start, you know, we've been talking eight and four all year. You get that win, now you start thinking it could be a little bit better than that. But again, you've got to take care of business first. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by our friends at Portico. You know, Brooks Bryan is my friend. He's your friend. He's Mississippi State's friend. He's got a lot of friends, too, that are helping bring us wonderful residential development to Starkville. Portico. Very easy to find. You turn off 82 on a 12. You make that first ride on Pat Station Road. Go to the four-way stop. Boom. There you go. You don't even need the guide. All you do is the very first ride, when you get on 12, go through the stop sign, and to the right is Portico. Go tour it yourself. You'll be glad you did. Give Brooks a call or text today at 601-416-8075. Again, 601-416-8075. Portico, a great place to live. If I was moving to Starkville now, that's where I'd move. It is, I'd love to be that, low, that close to campus. But again, you're kind of tucked away in a neighborhood there, so you have some privacy. You're on the quiet side of campus, but you're very conveniently located. Very easy to get there. Just, you know, just a hop, skip, and a jump from downtown, too. So be sure and check them out. You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home. If you need a custom build, they can help you with that too. But give Brooks a call or text today, and if your real estate agent has not mentioned Portico to you, then you need to ask him why not. Because this is absolutely the best place to live. If I, again, if I was moving to Starkville now, absolutely where I'd move. Make Portico your next move. All right, I'm going to spend our last few minutes here just talking about a few things. As you guys know, we, we kind of, we've really got in-depth with Arizona this week. Uh, so you should be fully prepared for the game. Those of you driving in, you can go back and listen to those shows if you want to. But uh, the reality of it is is that um, Mississippi State should go out and win this ball game. And I think we all probably see that. Probably, maybe remove the emotion from it. I mean, you look at it's a 1-11 team playing a 7-6 and team. And even though we're going on the road, I think some of our people put too much stock in what happened last week at San Diego State. Now, it's impossible to ignore that and, and say, hey, that, that wasn't a big deal. It was a big deal, especially when you only won one game last year. It's a big deal. But I think these guys are going to get punched in the mouth. I think if we get out there, and like there's some of our fans that are so worried, oh, there's the weather and there's that, the altitude, and you know, there's the Mexican food, you know, there's Montezuma's revenge, there's all this stuff. Like we find that we create these things to worry about. But if we look at what Mississippi State did last year and what Arizona did last year, there's a, I think that underscores the reason why State's such a heavy favorite in this game. I think some of us, we get so wound up in all this and we start thinking, well, we can't win this, we can't lose this game. So in our mind, we start kind of playing out all these scenarios of thinking, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Well, we can't lose this game. Guys, it's okay to believe in your team. We are the better team. As long as we go out there and play to our capabilities, we're going to win this day. Now, you look around the schedule now, and you look at how the, the season's come into focus, and again, it's just a one week. I think you got to feel good about where State stands. We have to continue to improve, and that'll be a big part of things uh, tomorrow. Uh, many of you, too, have reached out. I've had a lot of people who said, hey, Steve, is Rock Vegas sold out? No, it's not. We do expect a sellout, but it's not sold out yet. We are over 50% capacity. Um, so there's still tickets available, and they're all lower-level tickets. There are there's some tables down there and things like that. There are places to sit, you know, and you can kind of move around. Of course, the bar is down there. Uh, so I encourage you, go get those tickets. A lot of people last weekend were like, 
I thought it was sold out or I thought that um, I wasn't going to be able to buy tickets and maybe have to get some at the door. It's like it's gotten so confusing at times for people. I, I get these messages and I want to make sure that we're clear. Yet you can go to the links that I have supplied on my social media. And if you, if you need the link, let me know. I'm happy to tweet it out again. Or you go to eventbrite.com. That's B-R-I-T-E, eventbrite.com. Just search Lily Nax, Rock Vegas, and the tickets will come up. But we need you to buy tickets. And even if you're not attending the show, if you want to contribute to this worthy cause that goes for NIL, for Mississippi State's NIL efforts, which in turn goes into the pockets of your student-athletes, Buy tickets and email them to me as a donation, and I will make sure they get in the hands of Mississippi State students. They'll get a night out of rock on you. But I'm excited about it. You look and start looking at the numbers here. Guys, we're three weeks away. Three weeks away from Rock Vegas. It's all come together so quickly. It's going to be here before you know it. Of course, that's the Friday night before the Texas A&M game. And uh, it should be a game Mississippi State can win, too. It's one that I'm a little bit worried about. But uh, it should be a great weekend for us. And, again, a lot of people have reached out and said, hey, Steve, it's going to be this. Guys, come to the show. It's going to be a great time. We're going to re-energize the rock scene in Mississippi. I've already got people reaching out, want to do some other things. I've got some things. One, let me get through this show, and then we're going to organize a couple other things. Okay? That'll be fun, too. And, um, you know, one thing I'm thinking about doing, too, we'll, we'll probably go back to uh, Hobie's on Main and uh, do something a little bit cooler for local bands, right? And so... That's just something I'm kicking around. I mean, nothing could be cooler than getting Lillian Axe to come play Starville for the first time. That's not what I'm suggesting. But I think kind of a community-type deal, right? And so and we'll, we'll figure all that out. There's a few things I'm kicking around. I've had a lot of people contact me. I've had other venues around the state that have asked me, um, you know, about booking shows and said, hey, listen, if you ever want to book a show down here, we're happy to work with you. Uh, that's been very rewarding. And so I appreciate all the support. So many of you have reached out and said, Steve, how can we help? Well, the way you can help right now is to buy tickets or share the ticket link. Uh, because, again, we want to sell out. Because this is not just about me, and it's not just about the bands. Of course, we want the bands to be able to say they sold out at Arena. But we also want to raise as much money as we can for Mississippi State student-athletes. And so there's been a lot of time and effort put into this thing. And I'm asking you for your support. It's been a pretty good week of season tickets of ticket sales this week. Um, but as we get closer, we do expect those tickets to be more in demand. And so I'm just encouraging you, and I'm asking you, let's go ahead and get those tickets bought today. And uh, I know a lot of people are traveling and kind of figuring some things out. And I've had so many people that say, well, can I just buy one at the door? I can't guarantee you there's going to be tickets available at the door. We hope not. It's nothing against you. We just want to hope that they're all sold. All right, if you had not done so, go to uh, dogpilethebook.com. I almost forgot the name of my book. Go to dogpilethebook.com, and you can get personalized copies of all of my sports books, not just Dogpile, but you get Dogpile, Stark Billings, Alpha Dogs, and Flim Flim. Matter of fact, uh, we just got an order from my friend Brantley Jones. How about that? I had a chance to meet Brantley last week, and so uh, Brantley getting up to speed. And if you're looking for Blooms of Oleander, you can find it, of course, at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksAmillion.com, and the local bookstores. And even your local bookstore can order it for you through Ingram. Stark Villains gear always available at StarkVillains.com. And uh, JeansPage.com, your, your number one stop. It's different. There are some people that put that in their Twitter bio. It's actually true for us. The number one Mississippi State source for information. That's why I'm out here in Arizona, right? We make the effort to come out here and cover this stuff. And uh, we need to be your eyes and ears. We take it very, very seriously. And so... Uh, again, go to jeanspage.com today and subscribe. We just wrapped up a big special for annual subscriptions. But uh, 
there's always something. There's always a way for you to uh, to join at a savings, and then that's the case too. Everybody at some point probably joins as part of a promo. But uh, I'll be back with you guys on Monday. This is kind of a programming note. My goal is to make it back Sunday night. That's my goal. But if for some reason, if I don't, I'll just record the show Monday afternoon after I get back to Starkville. You know, we've got Mike Leach, and uh, so I'm going to try to hustle back so I can be there for the Mike Leach press conference. And so it'll be a lengthy drive, but, um, you know, as long as I've got rock and roll, I'm forever young. And so we'll get out there. We'll go make some things happen. But that's kind of a programming note. The plan is to to record Monday's show as scheduled Monday morning. But in the event there is any kind of travel delays or things of that nature, then we'll just do it Monday after Mike Leach. So I share that with you now just to kind of be prepared because I am going to try to just beat the whole drive back on Sunday. So, But I'm not going to overdo it. You know, if, I, if I need to stop, I'll stop. I'm not, not in my 20s anymore. Uh, but listen, you guys, get, enjoy the game with friends this weekend as best you can. Maybe, you know, have, have the home-gating stuff, whatever. Make a big smorgasbord or head down to the Capri Theater there in Firebird and Jackson, and it's free admission. Go by and check that out. And, and again, maybe this takes off. Maybe they'll do that other times too. You know, Have it up on the big screen. You can sit there in the recliner and, and get service. What, that's, that's a really cool idea. I don't get to do that kind of stuff. But maybe, maybe we have uh, something else there at some point. I'd love to be able to go do that. But uh, again, on the big screen, I think you'd enjoy that experience. But uh, until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.